Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on November 20th, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to help sustain the ministries at St. Mark's, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Deacon Ingelory Lisher with a gospel reading. The Gospel according to Luke, the 23rd chapter. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. If he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him, saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the, others re- but the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? And we have indeed been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Today's story invites us into the upside down. And for all the fans of the TV show Stranger Things, it's not the upside down you're thinking of. Unlike that upside down world of being in an alternative dimension existing in parallel to the human world, this upside downness is based in reality, in hope, and in promise. It's often considered countercultural, and we as followers of Jesus are invited into that world, into paradise. We are asked to imagine what kind of kingdom we want to be a part of, and what type of leader do we want to follow or identify with. You see, there are many types of leaders in this world, some who are born into it, like the late Queen Elizabeth and now King Charles III of the United Kingdom. Others are elected or appointed, like in our political system, school boards, church councils. Some leaders are hired or even they volunteer for these roles. There are leaders who use their power to gain control and others their wealth, education, or knowledge. And there are leaders who emerge or or are just being asked as part of a group or community. You see, there's no single type of leader, but who we choose to follow and to listen to makes a difference. And the Bible is not immune to these challenges either. Over and over again in the scriptures, we see different types of leaders and leadership emerging and God at work in others. God invited Moses and Aaron to lead the people out of Egypt to be the voice of God. God encouraged Rahab to help the Israelites capture the city of Jericho as they entered the promised land. 
God heard the cry of God's people for a king and anointed Saul, David, Solomon, and so many more to lead God's people. And after those ups and downs and years of exile and the scattering of God's people, God hears the cries and declares in Scripture we have heard from Jeremiah today and that God will attend to God's people. God will gather them up from where they've been exiled, from where their world has been turned upside down, and God will raise up people to shepherd them and not tear them down. God will give them a king that will deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness for God's people. God takes the leadership here, and they are reminded that God's reign is at hand. So what makes the kingdom of God or the reign of God different here from any other kingly rulers or reign? The difference is justice and righteousness, the making things right or just that are unfair in society and doing what is right by people, especially the vulnerable or those in need. And if these aren't in play, then it's not of God's kingdom. For the people at the time of the prophet Jeremiah, justice and righteousness were also part of not being scattered again, not being moved to a new land or being put under the new rule of a divisive king or leader. God reminds them again, I am here for you. I have never let, you, I have never let go of you, even in the midst of all that you've been through. I see you. God reminds them again and again through the prophets and in the Psalms that they are rooted in the past. God is with them now and in the future. God is their refuge and strength, their very help in times of trouble. And as Christians, we are invited to hear and see the kingdom of God through the life and the ministry of Jesus. Christ's reign is different from other kingdoms constructed by human means and the promises of earthly leaders. Christ's reign is not torn apart by pandemics, wars, politics, or religious leaders who don't always agree. Christ's reign is here and now and yet to come, and we are a part of it. So what about this king? If we look past the ruler, traditional patriarchal definition of the word, and see this title of Jesus as referring to the idea of the kingdom of God, where Christ is described as seated at the right hand of God, then maybe... I could move past my cringy, cringing at this identity of Jesus as king, knowing this is one way to describe Jesus, but not the only way. Jesus' life turns the word king upside down and changes what it means. But to claim Christ as king or that Christ reigns for and in you and for me, it can't just be the intellectual or academic exercise alone. Professor Caroline Lewis explains, we aren't arguing the case for Christ's reign or kingship, but we're looking at the fact that that, is, that that distinction between Christ's reign and the reign of the world is holiness. And at the heart of this holiness is believing and knowing in your true being without understanding or verification that you trust Jesus' words. Today, you'll, you will be with me in paradise. That's the difference between what the world says and the leaders say, and what kingly powers want us to believe. PLU professor and Reverend Samuel Torvin framed it this way. Against all of our images of stern authority and capacious power, we hear the Lord's voice, the voice of the shepherd who tends the scattered sheep of the flock. 
In Jesus, this image of shepherd king is turned upside down in that mystery, mysterious wisdom of God. The shepherd becomes the very lamb who is led to the slaughter, who is led to the cross, so that our sickness and our injury, our final enemy, is at last put to death in the, his body on the cross. This Jesus, whom this Sunday praises as king, is in fact like no other king who has ever reigned. For today, the gospel and the holy meal proclaim him king where we least expect it, in the depth of our yearning for life, our suffering and our need. And in this, he is no ordinary king. Here in our struggle and desire to be witness to his life and love for us, he reigns. Here in this world, hidden in the struggle for justice and peace, he reigns. Jesus' ministry is a life and an example of servanthood and neighborhood. It was and is community of love and mercy and is open for all. On this reign of Christ Sunday, this King of Christ Sunday, which concludes the church year, we are reminded once again of Jesus' identity as the Son of God, the Messiah, and a King. It was written above him on the cross, this text from the Gospel of the writer of Luke is not what we expect as we get ready to head into the Advent season of the church year next Sunday. Gospel commentator Debbie Thomas writes, Given the pomp and circumstance we typically associate with kings, we might turn to the lectionary this week expecting passages that sound kingly. Jesus sitting on the throne decked out with splendid robes and a jeweled crown or something majestic from Isaiah. A son has been given to us, the government will rest upon his shoulders, or at least a shiny moment from one of the Gospels, Jesus transfigured on a mountain. What we get, though, is Jesus dying on the cross. We end this church year and begin the next with the incarnational Christ, death and birth, God with us as an infant. And as much as I love and cherish the Advent season, and I do, I want to invite us to think about and remember this season that Christ crucified is far more central to our story of faith than a virgin giving birth. Because while Jesus' birth turned the world upside down, his life, death, and ultimate resurrection goes even farther. And God's kingdom, God's reign, is revealed here and now, and we are invited to be a part of it. Because God's kingdom is one of forgiveness and reconciliation, one of acceptance and belonging, one of righteousness and blessedness for all. And to claim Christ the King is to live as if it were true, that paradise is not just for you, but for all. Christ's reign reaches beyond what we see, beyond our now, even beyond our tomorrows. Jesus doesn't, want, doesn't always or have ever fit into the boxes we want to put God in. We have an image who we, who we believe Jesus is or believe Jesus should be. And as one of our young adults says, the created will never understand the creator. Jesus' identity is a mystery for most of the disciples throughout the Gospel of Luke. But for the criminal on the cross, he sees something in Jesus that was missed by so many and cries out, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. In this next moment of upside-downness, Jesus offers comfort to the crucified criminal or criminals hanging next to him on the cross. When most people would be saving themselves, thinking only of their own well-beings, Jesus offers forgiveness to those putting him to death and the ones mocking him for not saving himself. 
if he really was the king. And Jesus points also to us, not just toward an eternal hope, but toward the ministry he desires for God's kingdom, which is for all of us. Because Jesus doesn't reign over a kingdom centered on the privilege. Even as he is dying, Jesus offers gracious inclusion to the person on the margins of both community and life itself. He presses us to consider where and how we might do the same, whatever cost it might be. And with this, we are reminded that we are called to share God's love with the world. We are called to live our lives like we know that today you will be with me in paradise because the kingdom of God is at hand. And with this promise, we wait and hope for the world to be turned upside down again and again. Thanks be to God. Amen.